Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am here in the office of Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. I say the office, I'm actually in the courtroom, but it's become your office yes. because of COVID and we are here two days early to talk because of COVID. Guys, uh, listeners, pay attention because this is an important podcast, not our norm. So let's start out by setting the scene um, you were part of a conference call today with the counties that are part of our TSA, the 19 counties that make up our TSA, including Smith County. And what was who was involved in that meeting and what was that meeting about, Judge? Well, <clears throat> this meeting was about the state um, bringing the counties up to speed on what they see is happening in the future. On the call, we had Commissioner Dr. John Hellerstadt, who is the Commissioner of the Department of State Health Services, okay, and Dr. John Zerwas. He is an advisor to the governor. He is um, with the UT Health System, and he also, incidentally, was a seven-term state representative, someone that really knows the system. All right, so this conference call today was with the head of the state's health department. Exactly. And one of the governor's direct COVID advisors. Exactly. So we had the what the amounts top. to the the state's top big wigs on COVID mm-hmm. on a conference call with you guys today. What prompted this call? What prompted the call is the fact is we've seen with the hospitalizations um, going back and forth, actually, in the last five, six days of that magic 15 mark that you and I have spoken so much about with the um, GA32 and the rollback from 75% to 50. We have bounced back and forth across that line the last five or six days. Okay, so let me give a little synopsis, a little quick capsule for those who are just hearing about this 15% for the first First time, um, our hospitalizations are keyed to a trauma service area. There's 22 of them in the state. Ours um, is 19 counties. It includes Tyler, and the governor has tied expanded openings to a metric, which is 15 percent of, of of staffed beds. Um, with COVID patients, if a TSA has reached that number for seven consecutive days, then the uh, expanded opening, which at the time allowed businesses to go to 75% capacity, is pulled back to 50% capacity. Yes. And that's where we are to, to give you an idea of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, like you said, for the past six days, we flipped back and forth. We went uh, one day 15, one day 14, two days 15, one day 14, yep. back another day 15. I think you and I were joking. Uh, we are just, and it's really not funny, but it's we are not. just 29 one hundredths of a percent away from being on day seven today. Right. You know, the order specifically reads 15% for seven consecutive days. But, folks, that's how close we are on the two days between the two of being at 15%. So even though we're at day one for Mm -hmm. the count, technically, 
what we know is that hospitalizations are right there dancing along that number that uh, the state has designated as you're now in a bad COVID situation. You need to pull back. Right. And I think it's real important that we point out again, this is the actual numbers of people in the hospital. This is not about testing. Right. This is not about all the different arguments of test this, test that. Right. These are sick individuals in the hospital. Which is why this is the metric that's being used. It's not one that gets fudged very much or whatever. Um, right. I read a story to just point out like where we are even as a state. I read a story uh, online this morning where um, the president of uh, – I don't want to say who it was now because I, <laughs> it, one of the presidents of one of the big health yes. Yes. Uh, organizations, one of the hospitals, um, said that he expects North Texas to be out of ICU beds within the week, right. um, and that would be ICU beds for anything because they're packed with COVID patients right now. Um, now, right. let's let's put this straight. Let, now, understand, folks, that's a different area than us. Different, Even though we think of ourselves a lot right. of times as connected, we're not. North Texas is a different TSA. Our TSA is a different one. However, our hospitalizations are pinging very high as well. Right. Um, that North Texas um, could encompass a couple of TSAs, but Dallas-Fort Worth, which is TSA-E, today will be their third day, depending on what, the, I mean, excuse me, the fourth day, depending on what their numbers come out. So they are very, very nervous as to what today is going to bring. And I can see why he was saying that when you're on that type of trajectory, it's coming. All right. So now let's get back to this. Okay. So we know this. Right. And we have it in the numbers. Yep. The, the, the folks, like the, the top two COVID people in the state did not call this conference call with um, the, the counties and the TSA just to let you know something that you already knew. Well, what was the main reason for this conference call? The main reason was for us to have direct contact with them and for the, to come straight from them uh, laying out the situation. We talked about, you know, everybody's so happy about the antibody treatment that's coming in. And... They spoke about the vaccines. Well, the antibody treatments that we were speaking about said they have to be taken into account early in the diagnosis, and uh, they're not just a shot that you get when you walk into a doctor's office. They're an actual infusion with an IV, a cocktail of um, different medications, and can take up to an hour to administer and then there you have to stay around for an hour or two for observation so these antibody treatments are not just a walk in get a shot in the arm and you're good and of course we know about vaccines that are coming but the vaccines are long in coming so much so that they wanted to tell us that they are looking for covid to be around in until the third quarter of 2020 Third 21. quarter. So we're talking... Third quarter of 2021. 
2021. All yes, right. Sorry. So when you say be around, what you mean is, because I think COVID is going to be around for a long, long, long time. Exactly. What you mean is the COVID is going to be around as a problem, us dealing with the pandemic and worrying about this kind of thing until the third quarter of next year. Third quarter of next year. And they did specifically point that out when you said that we're going to be living with it from here on. Much in the same fashion as we continue to live with the flu. Right. You know, it is just a matter of time, and they do not believe we will have ample supplies of vaccines, or shall I say readily available to the general public in mass quantity, and all and the other procedures fully until the third quarter. So, we so will, we're talking about, well, we went through this already with mm-hmm. the testing. Exactly. Remember when it first started at the testing, there were people in like Dallas and high risk people and hot spot areas right. were getting all the tests. And Henderson County wasn't wasn't getting the tests because we were in a rural area, less mm-hmm. people, less of a hot spot. So we didn't get the testing until like much later than everybody else. Exactly. And so what they're saying is, hey, the same thing could happen with a possible vaccine. Right. And they wanted to reinforce the fact that prevention. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Prevention is the only thing that will keep hospitalizations down until these materials and these uh, methods of treating and preventing are fully available. All prevention is all we have. Okay, so one of the things that was interesting to, to me as we started this, we have talked about COVID fatigue. Yes. But um, Commissioner Hellerstadt had a different word. He did. A different phrase. He did. And his phrase was COVID. Are you ready for this? I forgot the term. I'm looking at it. Cynicism. COVID cynicism. Cynicism. Boy, doesn't that hit the mark. It does. And, you know, when you are healthy— and you're running along through life, and you've been lucky enough that you aren't faced with the realities of what the effects of a COVID uh, infection can bring, cynicism can easily be gone to. But when you begin to lose individuals that you know, or even family members, um, it begins to break that glasses, shall we say. Um, Cynicism and fatigue are the two things that we have that impede our ability to prevent the spread of this virus. And so what we're talking about is we're talking about the big three. The big three. Because we've talked about this from the beginning. It's a prevention step. We're talking about Social distance, when you can social distance, wear a mask and wash your hands, wash your hands, and wash your hands. Right. And But, I mean, I am almost, I tell you, I'm almost afraid to even say anything like that because (laughs) because I don't care where you are. Like, like I couldn't even mention that it's Thanksgiving Uh because members of my family would fight over it. I Mm -hmm. mean, this is the most divisive issue I have ever seen in my career is this idea. And this is where the COVID cynicism comes from, I think. This idea about how wearing a mask is is going to, I, I don't know, make us communists or 
put or or do something. I don't understand. You know, there are. I've heard the gambit of it. You know, there are those that believe right off the bat that the world was going to end, and then there were those that were. It's all a big governmental conspiracy. And folks, I'm here to tell you that I don't believe it's either one. Yeah. But I do know that if I'm going to be performing a certain task, I'm going to have the tools that I need to perform that task. If I am welding, I'm going to have a hood on. If I am going into a grocery store, I'm going to put a mask on. If I'm not doing either one of those and I'm by myself or six feet away from somebody, I'm not going to do those. But when the need arises for it, for not only the protection of our family, friends, and community, but also for our economic well-being. And that's a part of, of GA32. That's a part of all this. It is. And for those of you who enjoy um, going to the four establishments that were affected by the reopening of the bars a few months ago, because there were only four in the entire county affected. Right. We, we actually talked about that on the podcast. We did. Goes into effect, they close back down. Right. There you if, go. If, if we end they, up— They automatically close? They automatically wow. close back down per the governor's wow. order. Wow. Unless they can transition to as the others did. Which they didn't the first time which around. Which they did not so. the first time. This has consequences. So if you want to keep doing fully everything you're doing, just wash your hands, stay six foot away, or put on a mask. You know, I don't know how else to say it because, you know, I am as independent as the day is long. I look at this around here and I think sometimes things are silly. Sure. But I'm telling you, this is the secret to getting us through it. As they are saying, as John, Commissioner John Hellerstadt of DSHS said, the third quarter of 2021. Yeah, third quarter of 2021, if everything goes well. If everything goes well. That's 10 more months. Right. 10 more months. Well, you, well, well you've just been a font of good news today, <laughs> Judge. I, we, appreciate, we appreciate hearing this. So let's run this down. And make sure that we have all of it. Let me do my little sum up. Okay. The, I want to talk about staffing. At the oh, oh, yeah. Too. No, yeah. no, no. Go ahead. Do that. Do that. Okay. Before we do the uh, roundup, one of the things you guys talked about was staffing at our hospitals and where our hospitals are right now. We did. Staffing across the state was during the height of the COVID that was strictly for that was 5,000 across the state, 5,000 individuals, staff dedicated COVID. In first, the state. first wave. First wave. Okay. Right now, we stand at about 8,000. They're expecting a little over 10,000 before this is done. The state is expecting a continued escalation. Of, if, the, number of, of the number of medical personnel dealing with COVID on a daily basis. Exactly. Hospitals are requesting of the state through a mechanism called the STAR request now, getting equipment and staff. 
This is not something new. It's what was um, used in El Paso. I mean, not El Paso, but Brownsville, and is now being used in El Paso, Amarillo, and those areas that have been up in the 30 and 40 percent range for this is, weeks. This is where a particular region, a particular county, reaches out to the state and says help. Yes, says help, and they can get staffing. They can get equipment. Respirators much more available now than they were. Those have been right. being pushed out. But the demands are escalating, and the only key to stopping it is individuals taking responsibility. So one of the things, and and just to talk real quickly, because you brought up that with the hospitalizations, um, with with the number of people and and looking for more more medical help, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting, and I can understand, listen, I can understand at times some of the confusion for people in the community because sometimes things don't make sense. Mm -hmm. For instance, I remember when my mother went into the hospital for COVID, I was told the hospital was nearly packed. She was in that that first wave. Right. And the hospital was nearly packed full. They were like, she had to spend time in a special room because there was no room for her in the regular rooms. And I went downstairs and the ER was empty mm-hmm. and the ER staff was on cut hours. Yes. So I'm in my I, I'm thinking in my head, how can you tell me the hospital is overflowing when I'm looking at another part of the hospital that's absolutely empty? But the answer is because all of the medical people are dealing with the COVID. Exactly, exactly. And when you have a, a rise in COVID needs as far as patient census, you are redirecting personnel. That's part of the reason why in the governor's orders about the elective procedures, because these are you're taking med surge staff and putting them with COVID. When your COVID increases, you're shifting staff. And our whole point here is that we do not get to the point to where we're completely over overloaded. Remember in the beginning, it was flattening the curve. Well, you know, we did that. But now, here we go back after everyone is kind of relaxed and we had the good time. When I say good times, the better times that we had during the summer, it's come back. And those same steps have to be taken Short of, and even right now, the state of Texas is on the is on a pro-economic footing right. to keep the economy going. That's why we now have the structure that we have for the reopenings or scaling back, so that you don't have a shutdown that was so much devastation economically. Sure. So. Sure. Working with the system that is set up is the best option that we have. I, and I, I, I'm fully on board with the idea that we need to do whatever we can to keep our economy open and going because, um, you know, there, I, I understand the, 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 the casualties of the virus. Mm-hmm. But we also have casualties in our economy mm-hmm. that we have to worry about just as much. And the thing that wants to, makes me want to scream is if people will um, do the big three. Yeah. 
a little more and a little a little more diligently and a, and a little more actively that we could bring those numbers down enough that everything would stay safe. Because, look, no, I do not believe that this mask that I wear, this buff that I wear, is the same as the mask that the doctor wears into right. it. Right. And, and I don't think that, you know, it's going to stop the virus. What I do think is that it stops the spray of droplets. Mm-hmm. I do think that it slows down me spreading anything I ha- might have to anybody else. I do think it's it lowers the possible viral load that I might receive, I believe that it does make a difference. No, it doesn't stop it. It's not perfect, but it makes a difference. And that might be just enough to stem the tide. Well, what really helped me, what really cemented it all for me was the fact that um, I mentioned last week, um, we lost a family friend. This gentleman I had known my entire life and he was a robust individual. He was in his 70s. He was actually cutting trees the day that he kind of started getting sick. 73-year-old man, living life to the fullest. And this gentleman had to go in the hospital within two days after that. And he was in the hospital for um, a little over two weeks before he even had to be placed on a, a ventilator. And um, it wasn't a week after that that he had passed. And what I, what I get at is that there are so many associated ev- medical uh, events that happen that have been associated with it. You know, the blood coagulation that causes strokes while you're on the vent. You know, is that a part of the coronavirus or an ec- or a, as being on a vent as a product of that? I don't know, but I've got two that I know of that are friends of mine that have suffered strokes while on the vent. So that really brings it, brings it home. And I hope that individuals out there, God forbid, have uh, family members that become um, exposed or actually end up in the hospital with this because it is a real reality. And it's easy to not see it as a reality when you don't know anybody that has actually gone that far. And that's why, you know, look, 10 more months of this, come on, let's put on masks, let's stay six feet away and wash our hands. All right, so let's do the wrap-up here. Today, um, our... Trauma service area, the one that includes Henderson County, had a conference call with the commissioner for the state's health department, DSHS, and the doctor who is one of the advisors to the governor for COVID. And the reason for this is the escalating hospital numbers. Henderson County's TSA has been right on the edge of 15% for uh, a week or almost a week now. Um, And although we are at day one as we sit, that's only because of the smallest margin. It very Mm -hmm. easily could have been day six today. It could have been. Um, At day seven, at 15%, there'll be a uh, pullback of the economy. Um, And the general tone of the meeting, the general message of the meeting was, it is time to somehow break the COVID cynicism. Mm -hmm. We have to somehow get through 
to our um, citizens and our residents that this is actually a real thing that's that's having real consequences and that we can actually make a difference if you'll just social distance, wash your hands, and wear a mask. The problem, if we don't do that, is already happening with um, overloaded hospitals. Hospitals starting to call for help. Mm-hmm. We, we are already looking at a buildup of medical personnel. Our own local hospital has already um, reduced uh, um, elective, elect, procedures. Thank you, elective procedures yes. because of the number of COVID patients that they're dealing with. Um, and that they expect this, even with the vaccine, even with improved treatments, they expect this to be with us as a pandemic, as a thing, mm-hmm. until the third quarter of 2021. Exactly. Did, did I get most of that? Yeah, we got most of it all. They want, They were more or less imploring um, the county judges of the region to encourage everyone to start doing the big three. Which you've been doing for the last six months anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, breaking that cynicism, that that belief that this is not a real thing, that's now what the direction is. It's got to be. That, that's now the thing. What, yeah. what can we do to convince you mm-hmm. to, to do these simple things that could make a difference? Right. And again— if there's not a need for a mask, don't wear a mask. Sure. If there's a need for a mask, put one on or stay six feet away. Yeah. I, I am going to, as I leave, we are six feet away as we do we are. this. Thank you for, thanks to uh, microphones. Um, <laughs> uh, as I leave your office, I will put my bluff on mm-hmm. and put my mask on. I will walk through the um, office and then through the county annex. I will walk out the door and because my office is across the street, I will walk to my office where I I will take my mask down as I walk to my office because mm-hmm. I will be by myself out in the open air. There is no reason to have my mask on. Right. Okay. We're not saying like be ridiculous. Right. But just because I walk through there doesn't mean I think that I can walk through Brookshire's without a mask on. Right, right. That's simple as that. You know, if we can just, they they spoke again and again to changing behaviors, and that's what we need. Well, and we're getting that's back we to need. that point. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we look, we could talk about this for hours. I mean, you you know, and I could. There, do you know why there are no spittoons around anymore? Why? The flu. Really? It coincided with the 1918-1919 flu. Oh, I bet That's taking what away, did away from those. I bet taking away spittoons was a big deal. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> oh, man. I bet that was a big deal. <laughs> but did you say it, yeah, it alters it behaviors? It alters behaviors. It does. it does. It does. It alters behaviors. And we're already seeing it, though. Um, we're already starting to see churches that are going back to virtual meeting virtually yes we're seeing churches that are they're cutting back on that the gun barrel city uh parade and was announced this morning that it's been canceled Mm -hmm. uh, because of covid um athens city hall is closed and they're only doing drive-through and you know they have bill paying online and stuff like that but they've closed their city hall um 
those are the type of things, those things that happened the first time around are starting to occur again. You know, real quick, and I didn't bring this up because I do chase the numbers all the time. I noticed this over, um, well, actually Thanksgiving night when I was going back over the numbers. When you compare what the 14 days prior to Thanksgiving were, prior to the 14 days of July when it was the height, we actually have a higher rate of hospitalizations in November than we did in July. Right. So so it's it's going up faster, it's going up higher. We're we're over mm-hmm. we've been in four uh, in the 400s. And, and it wasn't it, it wasn't a full month ago where we hit 300 for the first time. Exactly. Now we're into the 400s and um yeah, it won't be long before we're over 500. So well, there you go, folks. Um, that's our early podcast this week. Um, we thought that we should bring that to you right now because it's it's so current. Um, that commission that that the call that conference yep. call was just this morning, just a couple of hours ago. Uh, so you've heard it here straight from Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. What's going on in your county? Thank you, Judge, for bringing us in and letting us uh, talk to you about this. Thank you, Matt. <laughs>